such a blessing to be here. I'm going to open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity that you have given me to tell the story again about the gift that you've given us, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we will find joy and that your word will go forth through me. In Jesus' name, amen. So, ushers and greeters, I need for you to help me right now. They are going to pass out these hats. I'm going to put mine on, and if you're so, you know, brave enough, put it on. Come on. Oh, we only have one greeter today. I need a little bit, y'all. I need a little bit more. Even if you're not a greeter, come on. Let's help pass out the hats a little quicker. All right. If you want to, especially my Sunday school kids, let's put on the hats. We have some red balloons that are coming out. And you're like, what is going on here? What is happening? What is happening? What is going on? Come on, kiddos, put your hats on. All right, we have on our hats. Don't forget the balcony. We have some children in the balcony. They're going to put their hats on. Oh, where's the coat? Leandre, can you put that over here? Uh, okay. Right there. All right. So... Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at that. day and I always begin a sermon with a song well Gina just so blessed me but this is the song we're going to sing today because it is a birthday happy birthday to you happy birthday happy church happy birthday to you now some of you are like what yes today is Pentecost Sunday 
It is the birthday of the church. And over the two billion Christians all over the world, we're celebrating. We're celebrating because today is Pentecost Sunday. Now, we often focus as Christians on Easter. Like if it was Easter, you all would have come in here knowing what the day was, correct? Also, if it was Christmas Sunday, you would have come in knowing what the day was. But today is just as important as those two days because today is the day that the church was birthed. Today is the day of new creation. Today is the day of the new life that we have. It is not the day that we say Pentecost Sunday and you feel as though I will burst out speaking in an unknown tongue but we'll get to the tongues or that I will bring out a tambourine, but you know that I will. But today is Pentecost Sunday. And that is what I want to talk about with you this morning. So what does Pentecost mean? It is a part of our Christian calendar. It happened 50 days after Easter, 40 days after the resurrection and about 10 days after Jesus ascended. It tells us about the first fruits or the 3,000 believers who came to the church on Pentecost Sunday. That's the story that we know in the New Testament. The story in the Old Testament is a part of the agricultural calendar. And for the Jewish, this is 50 days after Passover, and they are celebrating the Feast of Weeks the Feast of Harvest, of Thanksgiving. And if anyone knows, well, Gina, you know that she loves looking at what is happening in the Jewish faith and seeing, are we living that out? And so when I saw her songs for today, I was like, now, sister, I told you it was Pentecost Sunday and you were supposed to sing songs about the Holy Spirit. I had a whole Holy Spirit playlist. But, well, Gina showed us how deep she is. And I was like, I see, now I see you. Because you all did not even know explicitly, maybe some of you got it, but that worship set that we just did was about Thanksgiving, celebrating the fruits, celebrating his love, the faithfulness. And it is new every morning. Thus, The title of this sermon is The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Now, for those of you who are older and you would like to take your hats off, you can take them off right now. I need for someone, I'll sit right here. What I wanted to do today is I want to tell the story of Pentecost. And if you look at the next slide, The story of the Holy Spirit coming on Pentecost is about 41 verses. I read it in several different versions, and it still did not make sense for me to read all of that. I even timed it with Tara. She was like, you need to tell me how long that's going to take you. And it took me 10 minutes. I don't have that long. So I'm going to share the story from a children's Bible so that they can hear this story in their language. They can understand it and tell it. So, parents, it's okay. 
But if any children would like to come sit down here with me and listen to the story, I'd like to read it to you. So come quickly if you want to come down and hear the story of Pentecost. Now, as you're coming, come quickly. Good morning. How are you? Sit right here on the floor. Have a seat right there. Look at you. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Good morning. Now, my friends, you have to help Miss Kia today. Because guess what? Some people are saying they are not going to sit still and be quiet. I cannot believe she just did that. But we're going to show them, right? Thumbs up if we can show them. Yes. All right. So let's listen to this story about Pentecost Sunday. Well, first of all, what I want to tell you is this, so that we can understand what happens. Before Jesus ascended, you all know that Jesus died, he was resurrected, and we celebrate that on Christmas. And then he came back, and for about 40 days, he was with the disciples. And he walked around, and he did many, many miracles. And then he told the disciples, I'm going to leave. And he ascended into heaven. But before he ascended into heaven, he told them that there would be a gift that was going to come back for them. And that this gift would be their helper. And also he told them, I have a work for you to do. He said, go tell people about me everywhere. And so the story starts with the disciples and about 120 people, men and women, together in Jerusalem. And they are upstairs and we call upstairs the upper room oftentimes in these stories. Are you ready to hear the story now? So they're there and they're waiting because Jesus said, I have a gift for you. On the day of Pentecost, all of Jesus's friends were gathered together in a house in Jerusalem. Suddenly, there was an incredible sound, like a strong wind blowing and filled the whole room. Then tongues of flame came down and touched everyone. The fire flickered and danced, but did not burn them. Instead, it filled them with a strange power, the power of the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages. There was so much commotion that a large crowd assembled to see what was going on. 
It so happened that staying in Jerusalem were Jews from as far afield as Egypt and Persia and Rome and Mesopotamia and Crete, all of these different places. They were astonished to hear Jesus's followers speaking their own languages. These men and women are from Galilee, they exclaimed. How is it that they are speaking in languages that we can understand? Some onlookers made fun of them. They're drunk, they said. That's all it is. But Peter stood up and said, We are not drunk. It is too early in the morning to start drinking. We're just filling the words, fulfilling the words of the prophet Joel. Remember what he said God would do in the last days? I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will show you signs and wonders in the sky and on the earth. And whoever calls out to the Lord will be saved. Listen, fellow Israelites, Peter went on. Jesus of Nazareth was a man sent by God to do miracles. You know that? You yourself saw what he did. God's plan was to send him down among us and have him handed over to you to be crucified by wicked men. God raised him from the dead. Death could not hold him down. The people listened in silence, feeling a mountain, a mounting sensing of dread and guilt, deeply troubled. They asked Peter what they could do because many of them were there and they were saying, kill him on the day that Jesus died. And Peter looked at them and said, each of you must turn away from your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus. That way your sins will be forgiven. Many people heard Peter's message and believed it. And in a single day, the number of Jesus's followers grew by over, are you ready? It's a really big number. It grew by over 3,000. That's a lot. And a new community of believers were born. That is the story of Pentecost. That is how we now come to church together. And that is the gift. You may go take your seats. You did it. You did it. In this story, we find out what our mission is. Our mission is to go into all of the world. The means is by the power of the Holy Spirit and to spread the message that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
You may feel as though I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. But he gave us a gift to be able to do this. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. If I would Oprah right now, I'd say, you get a gift, you get a gift, you get a gift, right? If we believe we receive a gift, and I thought about it, we're at this party today to celebrate Pentecost, and I did a survey of some friends. I was like, what's the worst party favor you ever got? I do not give out party favors. I just don't, I I mean, you might, it's okay if you give out, you know, the candle holder with your name and the spouse's name and I'm supposed to put that on my living room ottoman you know it's like oh I didn't know your name was Bob and Jill it's not but you know I asked another friend it's like what's the worst party favor another friend hates stale candy and I did it too I did it too 20 years ago DeMond knows I stayed up again how long till about two o'clock in the morning with that little net bag, putting in some stale Hershey's Kisses. I put three in a bag, then I tied a ribbon, and that was my party favor for my wedding. But hallelujah, I was delivered. <laughs> you will not get that at a Kia party. People are like, we gotta have a, we gotta have a party favor. I'm like, no. But today at this party, I want to tell you about a gift. I want to tell you about the gift that keeps on giving the Holy Spirit. So let's go to the word of the Lord. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So I want to put into practice today, I'm trying to do a lot of things. I did not go over this with my husband or Tara. That's why I get to do all of it. So when we came to the Living Life on Mission six-week series, amen if you went. We learned a few things there. One, we are able to tell the story when we know the story in our hearts. And the best way, this missionary, he was off in another country. I can't remember her name or what country right now. She's in China, and she tells the story through a picture. So I'm going to keep telling the story with the picture. And we know the first part of this story is that we had the disciples and 120 people who, and others, not just the disciple, but all the Jews are going to Jerusalem to celebrate this feast. And then you have everyone else who's out there celebrating the feast. But then in the upper room, up here in this room, I'll just say 120, we have 120 people up here and they are praying. They are praying and they are waiting for this gift that the Holy Spirit told them was coming. And then while they're there and they're praying and they're waiting, the wind comes. And then, oh, I got to add yellow. And then the fire falls. That's my fire, and thanks for my friend who said there's a little yellow in there, too. And then the fire falls. Now, let's talk about the wind 
and the fire. Because through the wind and the fire, we find out that this gift that God has given us, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that it fills us. The Holy Spirit fills us. So it fills us, and we saw that it filled them with the wind, and the wind is also known as the breath of life. So I need the people to switch to my other red slide. The Holy Spirit fills us. It fills us with the wind, and wind is known to, as another word, it is ruha. It's the spirit. It's the breath. It's life-giving. And this spirit, this breath, it filled them inwardly, and it changed them because they were there and they were waiting. And it will change us today. It will breathe in us today, and it will transform us even today. For the breath, for there is life in the breath of God. When we think about Adam, when Adam was created, he did not come to life until after the breath. The Holy Spirit also filled them outwardly. It filled them outwardly for ministry, to equip them, to equip them for what the mission is that we have, to go out and to tell others about God. The Holy Spirit falls like fire, and it also refines us. Fire purifies us. Fire gives light. Fire spreads. Fire is also known as a symbol, and it also tells us about the presence of God. Fire gives us boldness. Fire gives us zeal. So they received this gift as they were there. And if you can imagine, you are waiting for something to come. And imagine a tornado. It said it came like a violent wind. They weren't just sitting there. Someone took a fan and fanned them. But if you were in the midst of somewhere and a tornado came, what would you do? You would be full of fear. You're like, oh, what's happening? But this wind gave them life. And this wind equipped them and this wind transformed them to do the work of God. And today we can receive that same gift because it is the gift that keeps on giving. How do we receive that gift today? We stay in the presence of God. Every day we must choose to be in the presence of God. They were praying in the upper room. They were in the presence of God. That is how we make sure that this event called Pentecost becomes an experience and not just an event. That is how we make sure that it keeps on giving because this is a gift that never runs out. It is always there. We just need to receive it, not neglect it or reject it, but to stir up the inner fire for which God has given us. And there are many, many roadblocks and things that keep us from receiving the spirit, that get in the way of the spirit. One thing that gets in the way is our lack of humility. Many of us would not have waited for 10 days. We would not have stayed in a room. 
I've been here for three days. You said it was coming and it's not here yet. I got to go. I got something to do. Right? Even today, our agendas, our addictions for hurry, the cramming of so many things in our lives keep us from staying in the presence of God. We stay in the presence of God through worship, through devotion, through being in his word. And while we think that we may be living as we rush and go from place to place, we really are not living. We are just existing because the only way to live is to truly have the breath of life, the wind of the Holy Spirit. As they were waiting, they were actively waiting because they knew Jesus. They were his disciples and they were saying it's not When, it's not when or if they knew that it was coming. They had faith and they trusted. And even today, many of us are waiting for something to happen. Some of us may be waiting for a child to be born, to become pregnant, waiting for a job. I know of a little nine-year-old who is waiting for a birthday on Thursday. Where is she? Naomi's birthday is Thursday. I know she is waiting. I know she is waiting. But guess what? Those are the things that we're waiting for, but he gave us a mission to tell others because there are others who are waiting. There are homeless people who are waiting for a house. There are refugees who are waiting to go back to their homes. There are hungry children who are waiting to be fed, and he is calling us to do that. Christ ascended to heaven and he left, but he gave us a body. And a friend sent me a beautiful song that Austin does not know, so I will not sing it. But Christ has no body now but yours. He has your body. Let's move to the next point. And we will dismiss the Sunday school kids. <laughs> Go over and celebrate Pentecost over there, Sunday school kids. As they are leaving and we think about the Holy Spirit that fills us, the Holy Spirit that falls upon us with fire to refine us, to transform us, my question for you in this moment is, what is getting in the way of you being filled? What is getting in the way of you being in the presence of God? Because there's a gift for you. And we do not want to allow those things to get in the way of us being filled and the fire falling upon us. Acts 2, 4 through 8, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? The next thing that we see is that the Holy Spirit frees us to speak up. Acts 2.11 is the universal remedy. It reverses what happened in ancient Babel. You all know the story of confusion, right? Jesus sees them building this tower. They're building the tower. It becomes an idol for them, and they no longer are worshiping God. So he says, you know what? You were starting out as a community and all together, but now I'm going to give all of you a different language and confuse you. But here... At Pentecost, they begin to speak in the languages of all of the other Jews who had gathered. It's like we begin to stand in this place and begin to speak our mother tongue. And I only speak English, so I know several of you can hear me. But if I ask Sister Rosa to stand and speak in Spanish right now, there are a few others who would understand her, correct? I know Elisa could. There are a few. If I ask for some of you to speak your native tongue from the continent of Africa, whichever country that you're in, I'm sure in PT, someone else in here would know that language they, not me, but someone else would know the language that you were speaking. And just consider what it is like if you were somewhere and someone begins to speak your language. You stop. You feel welcomed. That fire that fell upon them, there's warmth in fire. As we think about spreading the mission of Jesus, he gave us the warmth for others to come and want to hear the story. He gave them the ability to speak in the mother tongue of all of those who were gathered What we see is that there is freedom through them because they received the Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit allowed what was inside of them to flow out of them. So I have this cup here because if we are the cup, we're the vessels. So the Holy Spirit filled them, but then it freed them and what was in them flowed out of them. I'm not Troy, but this came to my mind and I liked it. I told you I'm putting it all in this. So this might be my last one. But anyway, what was inside of them was the joy of the Lord. What was inside of them was praise. And so many people like to focus on this part to get into this discussion on was it speaking in tongues and I'm not going there because many people speak in tongues and have no power at all. So we do not need to discuss that today. What we need to discuss is that they had a praise on the inside. It says that they came because they heard about the wonders of God in their language. So those who did not even believe in Jesus came to believe in Jesus because he enabled them 
the power of the Holy Spirit to now proclaim who Jesus is in their mother tongue. That's the tongue that we need. The tongue that says, I serve a great and mighty God. That's the tongue that we need. The Holy Spirit brings us into fellowship. There was a crowd that came. And when that crowd came, because they were in a room, it's as if we open these windows right now and someone's walking by, which it has happened. Someone's walking by this church and they hear us praising God and they come in because they're like, what's, what's going on in there? And once they come in, they are now in fellowship. They are now in the body. This gift that happened then can still happen now because the gift keeps on giving. How does this gift keep on, keep on giving? It's when we are bold and we proclaim the goodness of Jesus. Now to do this, what could be getting in the way for many of us is fear. Oftentimes we say, well, I wouldn't know the first thing to say to someone about Jesus. However, if I stood here for one moment and I said, the Boston Celtics, many of you could have a conversation until the 1130 service started. Because you could tell the whole, I didn't even know the story. I just said, I'm going to the game. And someone kept me, this was at church last Sunday, for about 10 minutes. I was like, I told you I was going, like, I got to go. But they were, I was like, oh, I'm going to mom wants me to go. It's Mother's Day, I'm going to go. They were like, how could you feel that way? Do you not know that they're the underdogs and they lost all of their, their stars and now they're just winning? And do you know how many times the Cavaliers are gone? And do you know LeBron? And I was like, no, I didn't. Didn't know it. <laughs> but I'm going to the game. Right. What if you were with someone and you, you were just talking to them and they said, where were you yesterday? I went to church yesterday. Now at my kid's school, it's like, oh, they'll be at church. What happens at church? I'm going to sing worship. Parents, no, I lead worship. We can't come. I will be at choir rehearsal Thursday night. We, I don't do anything on Thursdays. You want to come to church? Come to church with me. That's an easy conversation. You know why I can have that conversation so easily? It's because it's deep down on the inside of me. It's going to flow outside of me. And then when I hear about some other person who is going through depression and anxiety, it's easy for me to say, look at me today. It's okay because my God delivered me from that. And my God is a way maker. And my God is a miracle worker. And he can give you the peace that he's given me that is how you tell about Jesus because you are bold and you have courage and some of us are full of shame and if we think about Peter Peter denied Jesus not once how many times did he deny him three times but guess who's the one preaching on that day Guess who's preaching on Pentecost Sunday? Peter is. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let us be bold and proclaim the goodness of God. I don't know why I have another Oprah little point, but if you listen to that graduation speech this week, she said, tell it, proclaim it, speak it, and be it. Be the truth. We are to be the truth of God. To tell it, to speak it, to proclaim it. Not only that, but to be it. To live a life where someone says, I see a new life in you, and I want that life too. I see joy in you. I want that joy too. And finally, we find out in this story that the Holy Spirit, let's read the verses first. Acts 2, 16 through 17. Up, oh, I'm sorry. This is why you can't do too many things. Let me, let me, the kids left. This was really for the children, but I'm going to finish it for you all. So the next thing that happens here is that they begin to speak. And I was going to write different words in other languages. I know Jumbo. Give me another word in another language. <laughs> Hola, that's an easy one I can spell. <laughs> Bonjour, is it like that? J-O-U-R-C, together we're in fellowship. Um, but they begin to speak in other languages. Let's just put languages, mother tongues. That is what begins. And as they are speaking in these mother tongues and other languages, they are also declaring. This is my symbol for praise. So now we come to here. Acts 2, 16 through 17. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In Acts 2.39, it says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all who the Lord our God will call. Acts 2.41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The Holy Spirit fulfills the promise. So there was a promise. Jesus gave them the promise that, that the Holy Spirit would come and they would receive power. Joel spoke of this promise. The prophecy, the promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. And we see that by the promise being fulfilled, they went from 120 to 3,000. This is the gift that keeps on giving, and it keeps on giving 
because you guys know that's not 3,000, but it's like some of y'all trying to count. It's not, but you got, I mean, it was for the kids, right? It went from 120. There were 120 on the first one, and then it's a whole lot of people on the next one. All right. But the gift that keeps on giving, what's happening is that the promise is fulfilled because of us here today. We keep the gift giving because we point people to Jesus. We point people to Jesus through our lives. And Peter here He's telling them and he's preaching to this crowd. And this is like, we're just going to write 3,000. And he is telling them that it's okay that you crucified Jesus. It's okay that you were there stoning him before because he will forgive you. He will forgive you if you will repent and be baptized. That is what he tells them. We are able to continue this story because he's forgiven us. We can't forget that we have been forgiven. And it's because of the forgiveness that we have received that we can now share this good news and tell this story to others. This is the gift that keeps on giving. The gift where we are called to accept all where we are called to create a space for the presence of the Lord and where we are called to tell the story of Jesus while we are serving others. That is the story. That is what we are to do. We are to continue growing and going and giving as a church. That's the story of Pentecost. That's our story today. Amen. That was the word. And so what happens is that we don't draw a circle at the end of the story. Because if we were to draw a circle, it would say either I'm in the circle or I'm outside of the circle. But we're always turning and going towards Jesus. That is the end of the story. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So what I wanted to do today was I just wanted to pray and not have to do all of the other 30 minutes to get to this prayer. And the prayer that I wanted to pray today is when we talk about being filled with the spirit and receiving his fire. For some of us, we are waiting. We are waiting for something. And it's not here yet. So our joy is gone. Our joy for Jesus is gone. And I want us to leave here today with the joy of Jesus. And so I would love to just pray over us right now that we would receive his joy. That we would receive his fruits that we would receive the Holy Spirit in this place so that we could share this story for others to receive his spirit. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus, because 
this gift that we have was free for us. Your son paid the price. You paid the price when you sent your son here. And we thank you for that love. We thank you for doing that for us. And we know that you have forgiven us and you have put a call upon our lives to bring others into your body, to bring others into fellowship with you so that they may have a new life, so that they may have a new life in you. So, Lord God, I pray today that it will be a new day for many of us, for those who have spiritual emptiness today, that you would restore us, God, for those that the enemy has fought and our joy is gone and we're full of worry and fear and anxiety, I pray that you would fill us now with your joy. Lord God, I pray that this word will not stay in the walls of this church, but may we all go out and be the church for you. In Jesus' name, amen.